Mm-hmm. I had a total of 11 jobs between the ages of 11 and 17, just trying to help and support my mom. When I gave away my ATS resume template that I used to charge $3,000 for. If I were someone that wanted to work with you, I think the thing that would resonate with me the most is the fact that you have been as far as they will fall. I gave her all my videos, and today she sent me a message saying I got my first client, and I could not be happier for her. On my show, one thing I love to do is really get context into people's journey. I sold eggs, and I sold vegetables door to door. I sold newspapers. I do it because I truly care to help. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Blaze Your Own Trail podcast. I'm your host, Jordan Mendoza. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Blaze Your Own Trail podcast. My name is Jordan Mendoza. I'm your host, and I've got a very special guest today. His name is Pascal Bachman, and I'm going to have him tell you a little bit about who he is and what he does today. Hi, everybody. Nice to be here. Thank you very much uh, for having me, Jordan. Who am I? Big question. That's actually what I ask everybody who's working with me. Who are you? Without your beard, without your job description, without all that stuff. And for me, who am I? Like I started with my name, but that's not who I am. Like you mentioned it, Pascal Bachmann. I'm from Switzerland. I have a history in Switzerland, in Europe. I had many businesses over there. But I'm an individual that leads with empathy. I'm someone who do what he loves to do and he just enjoys everything. Like we talked about that before the show. For me, it's like everything that I do, I love to do. Love what you do and do what you love is one of the main motives for me. And what I love to do is to empower achievers, goal-getters, doers, to be healthy leaders in business and life. And what I mean by that is I had a practice for Asian therapies. I'm going to probably talk about that in a minute. And I see so many people unhappy. They came in broke. They came in with physical and mental diseases. And and I was in the industry for years until I told myself, why don't you prevent them for stuff like this to happen? Do you really want to have them come in with their problems, give you money, expect you to fix them? Or is there a way how to you can prevent that? Because we did so many studies and I figure out what the reason is in 95% of all the cases. So I build a business around there and this is what we do. We, we provide strategies on how to achieve a healthy and successful business and life. How do you get more productive? How do you create structure and systems in business and life? Not just always all about business. Business is just part of life. So how do you build that frame, that foundation uh, that leads you to fulfillment in everything you do? Love it. Love it. Appreciate you sharing that. And I'm definitely excited to get into your your journey. I know we've had a couple of conversations so far you know, off air and I'm very intrigued by the work that you're doing. But what I really love to get into, man, my favorite part of the show is taking a rewind. I want to find out about little Pascal, little Pascal in Switzerland. So I know you grew up in Switzerland, but if you can share with the audience, you know, where were you born and raised? What kind of kid were you? So what kind of things did you get into as a kid? Were, I don't know. Did you play sports? Were you, you know, into more academics? Uh, and then let's kind of focus on elementary, middle to high school years. We have a different system in Switzerland. We don't have these elementaries and and high school stuff. But I grew up in a family that had no harmony. I was born and raised in in Lucerne, in the heart of Switzerland. Lucerne is actually called the City of Lights. Beautiful city is where I was born. And, And my parents, they divorced when I was like three, four years old. Uh... And I ended up being in a, I think you call it orphanage. Orphanage, yeah, orphanage or foster care. I mean, there's a, a few different things here in the U.S. Yeah, this is what, where I was in, in Switzerland from a very young age. And then uh, I went my way. I, I, I think that that created a lot of my personality uh, today. And I know I'm grateful for that today because I understand the pattern and I learned a lot from it. But back then, I remember it was hard. I mean, you as a kid, you love both of your parents. You love your mom, you love your dad. And if your dad always complains about your mom and your mom always complains about your dad, because you love both of them, you try to 
satisfy both of them. And you started to become a personality that is not honest because you don't live your core values because you don't even know them. But that's part of how I grew up and trying to, to be loved by both of them because I didn't feel the love in a way that I probably or, or many, many kids would appreciate that or need that, not even appreciate, need that. I started to try to get attention from other people. So little Pusky <laughs> became a rebel. I went into the wrong crowds and, and drugs and all that stuff, fights, and, and I beat up people for no reason and, you know, all that stuff, consume drugs, like not the super hard stuff, but I was starting to deal with, with cocaine and, and all that stuff and not the, not the little things like kilos to the right people. And I was just in that scene. And uh, until that one day, I steal a lot. Like I, I did pretty much everything that you're not supposed to do. And I didn't know why back then. I was just that, that guy that everybody respects in school, after school, everybody wants it, wanted to hang out with me. And today, of course, I know why. I was looking for something that I didn't get from my parents. I get that. I became that person. I was homeless at this time, like from wow. 15, 16 I uh, didn't have a home and and decided to sleep in either, if it was raining, it was a garage, like when you go down a deep, like the garage beyond building yeah. in a big shopping center. And when it was nice on the bench and I still, I didn't have money. So I go steal my food until that one day I had very long hair. That was the last time I actually, the second last time that I steal. I was in that store. I had a backpack on and I, it was full with food. And I remember the detective when I was paying the $5 thing and the rest in my backpack not. Once I paid, this was, was a woman. She tapped me on the shoulder and turned me around. And I remember I'm dragging around her, her uh, arms and slapped her one to run away. Uh, they didn't catch me. But when I did that, when I was outside, I was 16 at the time. I realized, man, you need to change something. You just can't go on like this. And like a few years before that, when I was 14, 15, I started to go and do martial arts, Taekwondo. And my master there, he was a world champion, 68. He was in Vietnam. He was uh, one of the top in the airplane when, when they, these, these guards he was Korean. So he was a very respected man. And he kind of became like a father for me, father figure. He teach me respect and all that. And I felt better and better and better with what I did because I knew I, I, I did not what I was supposed to do and what I actually learned. In the age of 16, after that happened, I realized I need to change that. And I mean, all my friends, they were all similar to me. And I knew I have to cut them off. I cannot spend time with them anymore. It's not going to work out. And that was probably the hardest thing I've ever did. Because what yeah, I did I after that, yeah, I went from long hair to millimeter. That's why I said that was the second last time. I went and steal one more time. Nice clothes. So I went somewhere and I was like floppy clothes and not nice. And But I decided, okay, cut your hair to a millimeter go get nice clothes so people don't recognize you right away. And this is what I did. I went and go buy clothes, had this short haircut. <laughs> yeah, I went on and, and that was super hard because when I, when I still were in the same environment, I saw my friends, I saw people that know me. And as soon as I saw them, I turned away and walked away. That feeling to make that decision, I knew 100% if I don't do that, I'm not going to be different. I knew it. And still you have years with these guys and you have, so, you did so many things with them and, and, and to actually do that and walk away, that, that was a tough thing, but I did. And, and from then on, I uh, actually applied to be a butcher, like the meat guy. So I, I did the internship uh, as a butcher, got up four o'clock in the morning uh, work, did what I did. And then I w was working out every single day. 
I'm going to stop you right there for a minute because there's a, definitely a lot. I appreciate all the deep context. It's super helpful because there's going to be a lot of people that listen to this or that watch this that can relate to these situations, whether that's, you know, having parents separated or divorced at an early age. I uh, didn't even meet my dad till I was 12 years old, you know, and so I, I know what the you know, longing to, to have kind of that father figure. I had a stepdad, but he wasn't really a great figure, was an alcoholic, was, you know, abusive to my mom. So I didn't really have great examples of a father figure. So I can relate to wanting to have that. And similar as a kid, I, I would shoplift, you know, I did a lot of those things that you do to try to get attention, you know, uh, so I can definitely, you know, relate in those cases. I love what you said is <laughs> you're like, well, this is the last time that happened. Well, actually, there was one more, right? So there was there was this one last time. And fortunately for you, you didn't get caught, you know, any of the times, right? Because, you know, that may have made your journey a little bit harder. But the other thing that you mentioned is that, you know, you lived on the streets, you know, you, you were homeless. And for everyone that's listening to this, you know, all of these things that he experienced, this is all adversity. You know, these are things that, we as human are, are going to go through. And there's going to be a point, and for him, it, it came at, at 16 years old, and it came in the form of mentorship. You know, it's so important that we have people that are, you know, really in our lives that are involved, that are there to kind of help shape and mold us. And, you know, one of our good friends that can, in connections, mutual friends, David Meltzer always says, hey, show me your five friends and I'll show you your future. And isn't it so true, right? If you look back at 16 and you look at your five friends in that moment, man, you knew what your future was going to look like. And congrats and kudos to you for having the self-awareness at 16 to, to turn around, man, and start walking the other direction. Because I know that wasn't easy to be able to do that. But I, I know as we kind of go through this journey, because I know where you are today, it had to have been a major pivotal moment for you. Thanks. Appreciate that. And I can't agree more. When we are in that state of being, like you said, to have that self-awareness, that was the key for me. I remember one day I was breaking in somewhere in a big warehouse and then there was a security guard and the guy hunted us. He was so freaking fast. I was fast, but the guy was so fast. And I remember I was a little faster and I had like maybe 20 meters and I remember I went around the corner. He didn't see me. I knew that. And I remember how I took out the freaking big knife, like not the small Swiss knives, like the big American Rambo knife. And I was waiting there. And when I thought back like a few days later, I realized if the guy would come around the corner, I would use the knife. When you realize that, when you're in that state of being, you do things without using your brain. It's it's fight or flight, right? You don't realize that. And, and then things happen. It goes, boom, a person is dead. You pull the trigger. You use the knife in a situation that you are not in control of something. And, and I'm so grateful when I think about moments like this that, that nothing happened and the guy actually gave up uh, running because he got more tired than I. These are moments that give your life the direction and you cannot end up in prison for doing one stupid thing. You can mess up your whole life with that one decision. And to know that you have the power of decision to turn it into another direction, that can give you a lot too if you learn how to control that and actually go for it. And this is what I did often. Yeah. Yeah, man. Well, well, I appreciate you sharing that. appreciate you being open and vulnerable, but that's what life is all about, right? We can't relate to people that are perfect because they don't exist. <laughs> you show me a perfect person, I'll show you a liar. I mean, that's that doesn't matter you know, who, who they are. We all are imperfect people on an imperfect planet, and we're all still trying to figure this thing out, right? We've got some knowledge and insight along the journey, but the truth is none of us have it all together. You know, we've all been through things and we're all still on this learning journey. Exactly. That being perfect thing, I have a video that I did recently, talk to people and say, hey, you hear that so many times everywhere, people tell you nobody's perfect. I'm here to tell you, you are perfect. I see exactly where you're coming from and, and I agree. 
my explanation for being imperfect today based on my journey and my mentors and, and, and the things that I did the last 20 years is I believe that we are all perfect. But I come to the but in a second. The reason why I believe we are perfect doesn't matter the background you have, if it's God or someone else, but I call it the light. If we all come from that one place, the light, and we all are part of that, this is where we come from. I believe that we all have that light within us. This is who we truly are. Now, what happened with life, what makes us imperfect is we grow up in this world. And now we create layer after layer after layer based on our experiences, which are taught to us. We grow up and we get teachings from people around us who have the same experience as we do. So we have different experience and we create different layers. And that perfectness, the light, is covered off with many, many layers different masks. And now what happened while we grow up in today's world is layer face layer. So imperfection face imperfection based on the experience that we do. And what I'm trying to do daily are exercises. I know that there is the perfect part in every human being. I know that there is a light which is perfect. The truth of every human being. And what I try to do is I, I try to connect and see that perfectness because I know it is there in all of us. So I really try to connect with that light because if we, if we can connect with each other, knowing that we have a part of our, the true, the core of what we actually are is perfect, then we can forgive. Then we stop judging. Then we understand things and don't take it personal. This is how I believe we can create a better world if we, if we really focus on that because we know it, it, it exists. Awesome, man. I appreciate you sharing that. appreciate you sharing your perspective. I know that's going to open people's eyes and make people think, right? And that's what you know shifting perspectives is all about. It's making us think a little bit differently about the things that we're doing on a daily basis. So, so let's dive in a little bit more to the story. So, so by this point, you know, you're, you're 16, you're starting to get uh, training from a guy that is a master, right? W wins a championship in 68. He he's trained up, you know, he's knows what he's doing. He's disciplined, he's respectful. And it sounds like he's building character in you and man, character. Isn't that so important that we, we build really, really strong character. So the reason why I said character is you said something important about five or six minutes ago, and it was that you started to work out every day. You don't start to work out every day for no reason. <laughs> you know, you do that because someone has shown you that way. Someone has coached you. Someone has said, if you want to get from A to Z, you got to go through B, C, E, D, E. Like you got to go down the list. You can't skip. There's no skipping in results, right? You got to you got to be repetitious. You've got to get consistent and you got to put in those reps every day. So I'd love to really find out because to me at this point, your mindset has completely done a 360 degree shift. So share a little bit about, you know, what made you start working out every day and then how did that help you in your daily job as a butcher? And then what happened from there? Sure. Sure. What made me do that is when I decided to disconnect and to change my life, we all need to be connected. We all need to be part of something. And I had nothing left. I didn't have a family that I feel connected. I ran away from the orphanage uh, back then. And uh, I felt like I don't have any other place to go. What, what do you do? And, and the only family that I had was martial arts, Taekwondo. I had someone who really cared because he knew what I did in the past. And he teach me respect. He teach me how to be a gentleman. He teach me how to treat people. And he also show up very clear consequences, what could and can happen if you don't. And I just realized that this is not just what I want to become, but this is, it felt like a calling this is where you're supposed to be. This is the direction. This is like the universe that tells you, okay, 
this is what you did. Now here's a new path. Here is something. And, and, and again, that's cause and effect. I wanted to change something within me that, that showed me or told me, you don't want that anymore. And I express somehow what I wanted and doors are open because this is what I asked for. That was the reason why I've, I felt like I belong there. I'm part of it. These people care about me. And, and that's why I decided to join more time there. So I end up being there every single day. Uh, did my belts until black belt and then went from there. I remember I got that opportunity. The master one day came in and said, hey, uh, there's a world championship in Taiwan and uh, we can attend uh, three people. And I was in right away. I had goals. I wanted to be a world champion. And as a butcher, I felt like I was more disciplined. I showed up on time. I was always waiting late in the beginning. I steal meat. I mean, like there's the filet mignon and the steaks and all that stuff. Let's bring it home when nobody's around. So all that stuff didn't feel good anymore. It was a process. So I stopped doing that. Like I said, I was punctual. I was on time. I I, I started to do my task with more responsibility. I wanted to do a good job. And, and, and so it was a transformation over time that I adopted from martial arts, from having that discipline, from having the right people around me. And I 100% agree what you said, uh, Dave Meltzer said uh, about the five people. Uh, I don't know why it's five, but but if you take five people and, and, and then you do the average, this is what you are in all areas of life, in your bank account, with your character, with your business journey, if your personal life, with your health, so I, I changed, I went on, I felt more and more comfortable because I started to live my values. I didn't care so much about what people think about me. And I started to do my thing in a way that I actually felt comfortable and I was good at it. You don't go and fight on a world championship if you're not good enough. So to have that goal, to have these people, that environment made me really feel comfortable. And this is what I did. And it was a transformation of myself. That's why I showed up differently in my job, in my relationships, how I treat and communicate with people in general. I just went into the right uh, group. One of my friends, he was world champion in karate. He was the only white guy still until today who Japan owner as a samurai. His name is Andy Hook. He passed away now, but he was honored from Japan to be, uh, or as the only samurai, the white guy, and, and he was a K1 world champion for many, many times, or many years. Uh, so I worked out with him uh, because he was a butcher as well. So Doors are open in different ways and I grow into martial arts. I went on and on until I decided to go to Thailand and live there. So I earned my money as a fighter in Thailand, Chiang Mai and Bangkok. And yeah, these were the next steps. Awesome, man. Appreciate you sharing that context. And I love how, how everything that you did in martial arts, in Taekwondo, translated into your regular in your personal life you know all of the disciplines it's, it's amazing how when you start doing things like that they just immediately start to bleed in and it's not really noticeable that quickly but obviously hindsight's always twenty twenty. so when you look back you're like wow that was fast like that was a big shift and transformation but i think you said it best when you said you know i wanted this but most importantly you needed this you needed this sense of community that you hadn't felt you haven't felt probably that connected in your entire life and so the fact that you got this and that feeling that you got from that i'm sure that helped you you know keep that momentum going but the biggest thing that you did brother is you took action you know because as we know action creates momentum and then momentum creates consistency and consistency creates habits and habits create results and results right that turns into the success that we're all looking for 
So, you know, for anyone that's going to listen to this or watch this, what is that thing right now that you need to take action on? We all have one. We all have that one thing. So for some of us, it's fitness. For some of us, it might be our finances. For some of us, it might be our relationships. But we all have that one thing. So think about it right now. Grab a notepad if you're listening in or you know, you can rewind this and write down that one thing that you should take action on and take action on it. Right, Pascal? Take action on it. What's what's the worst that could happen? <laughs> exactly. Yeah, you, know, you might fall on your face. It's okay. You can get back up, you know, but without action, guys, there's there's no momentum that we can create. So Pascal took action, guys. He went to Bangkok, Thailand. And let, let me make this assumption. So you're a, a Switzerland born and raised. I'm going to assume you didn't speak Thai, did you, before you went I, there? Actually, no, when I, did, when I went there, not, but I took class. Okay, so, so you didn't speak Thai. All right, guys, so he, he did not speak Thai, goes to Thailand to become a fighter, and you gotta, you know, you've got to basically kill you know, you eat what you kill, right? You're fighting for your food and, and living and, and paying for all that stuff. So what was that experience like? And, and what was the culture difference like? Because it, it had to be a complete, I know for me, uh, I'm actually going to publish this in a newsletter today about a trip I took to, at 16 to the Philippines that completely changed my life. So I, I can imagine when you went to Thailand, there had been some life-changing moments there. 100%. It's interesting that you said that because the big difference was I didn't speak the language. And uh, again, I I believe singing, music, and sports is something that it's another language. People found each other. And so I was was there and... uh, I did what I did. I earned my money, but I, I made a test. I made a test because I was homeless before. And I think I was around 20 then. I dis- I run out of money and I would have an option uh, to call someone to send me something. Uh, but I decided on purpose with that intention to figure out how it feels for me as a foreigner in, in a different country to not have any money and sleep on the street. What would that feel like? So I did that. I ran out of money. And while I was walking in Chiang Mai on that street, and then all these uh, massage, massage, and <laughs> they want to grab you in. And then I remember I was there, like, I think I had no money uh, for, for about two days. So they asked me uh, if I want to have a massage. And, and, and then I told them I don't have money. And then it was like, okay, the, the tourists, he makes fun and, and he just don't want. And they say, no, guys, I speak a little Thai by then. Buy me money, <laughs> like American, Swiss, Thai. And then I showed them, I literally don't have anything. And what they did was super surprising for me. They told me, oh, really? Like, come in, you can sleep here. They gave me food. They gave wow. me a free massage. And these five, six women were eating together on the floor and they have a bunch, a lot of food. They asked me to join and eat with them. And I was like, in Switzerland, you go and steal your stuff. Nobody talks to you. Just like in the US here, uh, many, many people turned away. And it's just, that was a completely different experience. So I was so welcomed there. And they even told me, hey, if you need a place to sleep tonight, you can sleep here. Stay here as long as you want. I was like, this is unbelievable. That people really care about how you feel. And, 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 you know, that was an eye-opener for me, that there are other people who do other things, different things. And, And the world is not bad. The world is good. It's our perception and there are people who who are different and if my frequency is on a different level i attract different people the same as my frequency and this is what i experienced and that was a, a really wonderful thing to experience awesome man appreciate you sharing that story and man you know i've, I've experienced the same thing in southeast asia you know my trip to the philippines didn't matter what village, what town we went into, like everybody was just so nice. And even though these people were sleeping on bamboo shoots, you know, they're working for their rice to eat for dinner, they were happy. 
Like that, you know, they were so happy. It's like, you know, they absolutely love life. And in a kid that grew up, you know, on welfare and food stamps in the United States, I, I thought I was poor, but I realized real quick that I was super rich, that I had a lot more than I, I really did because I looked at these people that had nothing and they had everything. Right. They had it right. They had the joy. They had the kindness. They they cared for each other, for their neighbors, just like you experience in Thailand. And man, when you get to kind of see that, your your whole world just shifts, right? You start to realize, like you said, that there are good people out there. There are people that are willing to you know put out a, a helping hand without expecting anything in return. And exactly. I, and and you know, for everyone that's going to listen to this. That's something I challenge you all to do. You know, if, if you are in abundance, which is most of people that are going to listen to this show, you have access to the internet, you're in abundance, you qualify, go out and, and give to someone else, whether that's, you know, buying the person's coffee at the, at the Starbucks drive through or someone's, you know, McDonald's, you know, that, that's behind you or something like that. But it doesn't take much to change someone's not only day, week, month or year, but in your case, your whole life, right? Your whole perspective gets changed. Right, right. I believe, I'm glad you mentioned that. I believe that's super important. My wife and I, just last week, we went into Starbucks and then there was a girl, she was homeless, uh, passed by, and she had that look when she like passed. I could see fear. I think she was uh, 20 years old, 22. I felt like she is afraid of men. And she went in and then she went out and, and uh, went like uh, somewhere be below the tree. And then my wife was there and I asked my wife, hey, can you do me a favor? Did you see that black homeless girl over there? I would love to talk to her and offer her some company. Uh, can you please go and talk to her if she if she would like to sit with us, have a conversation and, and, and we invite her? So my wife went there, talked to her. She came. Uh, and we had, we talked to her two hours. We just gave her time. We wow. we told her, "Hey, you can do it." I shared my story and just wanted to give her company, someone who listened to her, someone who yeah. cares, someone who believes in her. You can change your life. I did. Look, this is what I did. Now look, Google my name. You can do the same. You can do it. One hundred percent. Everybody can do it. But we need to be at the point where we decide to change and the, the right people will show up and that's why i believe like we do that often if you see things people around you be aware of those people and, and just i mean what what is it for us like it was like 10 bucks that can change someone's life with the time that we take to truly care and not just look away yeah, 100%. And a lot of times, guys, it, it, there's no monetary investment. It could just be a smile. You know, you could smile at yeah. someone who hadn't smiled in a whole entire month, you know, and all of a sudden you turn the corner with your big smile on your face and man, it brightens their, their whole world. So you just never know who you can positively impact. I'm a big believer in that. Let's talk and get into more of the journey. So, you know, you're 20 years old, you're living in Thailand, you are experience a completely different culture you're experiencing a kindness in humans making you you know believe that humans are, are good again so tell us a little bit about uh, what happened after thailand what what did you end up doing did you uh you know head back to home or did you have other plans when i was in thailand i wanted to become world champion then my best friend back then or, or one of my best friends and idol andy hook the world champion that i just mentioned he passed away and I wanted to kind of step in his shoes. Then I had an accident, a bike ex accident. Like always when I, after a fight, I went into the mountains to relax a few days and come down. And someone, somehow in the curve, when I drove down the mountain, there was sand in the curve. I'm on the bike. I slipped away. Uh, so I ended up being in a hospital and they did something wrong. One of the bones was split up. Sand was in there. So they cut all this off, seal it, close it. But there was dust inside and my whole leg turned blue and it, they was close of taking off the leg. But we wow. could save everything. And so I was in this hospital. I had some healers there. 
So I experienced new things. It is possible to do it naturally with the mindset. I started to do Tai Chi Kwan and all that stuff. And then I decided, okay, I need a new goal. I wanted to be world champion. This is what I was looking for to be like the last, uh, the past like 10 years. I was interested in that. I did a lot and, and I realized my dream was gone like this. Then uh, I felt like, okay, I need a new vision in life. I need to find my purpose. What is it? So I started to work in that Chinese hospital uh, where they treated me because I felt like I like that. Uh, and I see all these possibilities and things and techniques and strategies that they use to make people healthy. So I started there and, and three years later, all in all, my trips in and out in Thailand was about three years. I went back to Switzerland and I opened a practice for Asian therapies. Uh, together with a friend and uh, this is what i did for the next 10 years i've treated a ton of people with acupuncture and and just different techniques i started to do diploma after diploma i had like the young me was there like between 20 and 30 like the wall was full of diplomas and and certificates and stuff like that uh, to prove that i'm good in what i do until I was at the point of the 10 years, I don't need all that stuff. I don't like it. All this, it, this is not who I am. I distanced myself from that stuff and decided to open uh, another business. We sold everything and I opened a central Switzerland uh, clinic where I started to grow because I, in my 10 years in the praxis, I had a uh, many good connections and business people who came and being a therapist in that area is also being like people that they talk to you about their life and psychiatrist. Yep. Right. So I started to give my opinion and then later my advice and all that. And I start, I realized, Hey, they do what I tell them to do. And they always come back and, and talk about the success they had and thank me. And they started to tell me really good politicians rich people, successful people, like people who know how business works, complain and we narrow down what is the problem. Why do you face what we face while I, while I work on them? And me giving my opinion and they actually do it was super surprising for me. And many of them came back and say, you should be a business consultant. And I started to become aware and, and started to build trust in my ability of doing that. So I created that business, it was pretty big. I invested like $300,000 there and started to build and started to have uh, employees and, and stuff like that. And that was the start of me being an entrepreneur and actually started to build things and, and realized that I can do more than this and I want to help more people. And, and I don't want to help them once they come in broke with the attitude, hey, you're the expert, here's money, fix my problem. I expect that now from you because I paid you. And, and the whole thing started to shift my thinking where I was at the point where I say, okay, how can I prevent people from experiencing these problems? Because I realized that 95% of the people who visited me with problems, physical and mental, they had these problems. These were all self-inflicted civilization diseases. That was the result of the lifestyle these people choose to live, daily choices, subconsciously or consciously. And when I narrow it down, we did studies with, like I said, more than 20,000 people, we did studies. And what I found is most of diseases, and many people out there are not going to like what I say now, Many or most of these diseases were the result of people getting up in the morning and live against their core values every single day. They live in a relationship that they don't like. They don't love it. They work for a boss 15 years that they don't like. They do things every single day that they don't like. So in other words, they, they live their life against their core values. Because you are a being, you have values, you have things that are important for you, things that matter and living against that. And like we said in the beginning, 
for this person, this mask, for my wife, this mask, for this, in the business, I need to be that person. This is not how we should live lives. And all this greediness, unhappiness, not being fulfilled, trying to be someone that I'm not, this is what creates heart diseases, strokes, cancer, and all that stuff. This is what creates all these things. And that's why I'm so passionate about preventing people for that. You need to know who you are. You need to know your vision. Why are you here? You need to make sure that you are on mission with how you think, act, and feel every single day. And then you can live a life of on purpose. Your identity is in action, meaning you are on mission. And everything is in line with who you truly are. And this is how we can change the world. I love it. I love it. And, you know, folks, if you didn't get, uh, you know, if you didn't get it by now, you know, Pascal is a true trailblazer. I mean, look at where we've been, guys. Look at the start of the journey where we've we've got, you know, a, a kid that goes to an orphanage, you know, is homeless, shoplifting, getting in fights, partying, doing doing all the things that, you know, teenagers can get into. Uh, and then he decides to take control of a situation, gets into to martial arts, becomes more disciplined. And that leads him to fighting, which leads him into the medical field, right? I'm sure it, when you're in, living on the streets, you had no clue that you're going to be helping heal people down the road, right? Probably. So you have blazed a, an amazing trail. And, and honestly, I feel like it's just the beginning. I feel like you're just getting started. And, you know, the fact that you're helping people in their businesses that is going to directly feed into their personal life because you said it uh, perfectly a second ago. It, it all starts, everybody, with self-awareness. We've got to take that inventory on, on who we are because if we don't understand us, if we don't understand how you know, we're wired and, and how we show up on a daily basis, how can we expect to understand other people? How can we expect to show up as the best version of ourselves for them? It's very, very hard to do it if we don't take in that inventory and, and truly start to understand ourselves. And it's a constant journey, guys. It's not one of those things that's going to happen overnight. There is no red or blue pill for this. This is a constant work, a constant battle of you trying to be better than the person you were yesterday. I love that. 100% agreed. When I talk to my kids, uh, I have two daughters, 18 and 20. When it comes to what they want to do later in life, I told them I don't care about college. I don't care about all that stuff. The only thing I care is I want you to be happy. I want you to do something that you truly enjoy. Everything else is a waste of your life because your life is your time that you have, and that's limited on this planet. You better pick something that you love to do. And, and there's a tool that I use and, and told them also to do, which is, I call it the contribution finder. Super simple. What do I like to do? What am I good at? Make a list of these two things and then look at the top three on each side. And this is where you should find work as an employee become an entrepreneur, but this is where you should spend most of your time because these are the things that you're good on. These are the things that you love to do. You cannot not do these things. So do it and earn money with it. There are companies you need that need exactly your skills. I believe that's super, super important. No, a hundred percent. You know, we, we've got five, five kids. I think, I think you heard that at the first time we chatted and I give them all the same advice. It's like, Hey, I'm going to support you for whatever you want to do, because that's, what's important to me is to be supportive. You know, I'm not going to say they're over. There's plenty of people that I know are still dictating their kids future. Like, Hey, this is the path you're going to do X, Y, and Z when, you know, it should be their decision. It should be them like you said, finding out where, where their gifts are. Where, where are your God-given strengths, gifts, and abilities? What are those? Okay. And if you actually like to do it, like you said, when you combine those, what are we doing? We're actually taking our strengths and we're increasing our strengths. If you live in your strengths every day and you like to do that, you think you're going to be grumpy getting up to go to work? You know, probably not, right? Because you are literally living in the place that you're supposed to be. And when you can do that, you're going to put in more effort. You're going to put in more energy instead of the opposite, which is you, you get up, you, you're already grumpy. 
you get in traffic, all of a sudden there's traffic, right? And then the person cuts you off and all these things. And, and it's just a cycle, right? We can get into these cycles, just like Pascal was in a cycle of, Hey, how do I get by, by being, you know, disruptive and stealing and things like that. Now it's like, Hey, how do I help people become better versions of themselves? So look at that shift. And that's something that's been happening, guys. It's, it's taken several decades for him to get there. But like he said earlier, like he said to that girl that him and his wife spent two hours with uh, outside of a Starbucks, you can do it. Uh, if Pascal can do it, you can do it. If I can have this podcast in my business growing up where I did and some of the things I've been through, you can do it. There's nothing different between us. The only difference is is we may have decided to take action on a couple extra things. We may have decided that, you know what, it, it is time that I stop being in the place that I'm at. Because if I want to get different results, I can't keep doing the same things. Exactly. Again, I can't agree more. It's really all on us, 100%. The perception that we have on everything that exists or that we believe that exists, including ourselves, these limiting beliefs, these negative emotions, everything is just up here in our head. Everything is in our head. I remember in one other video, I said something like, nothing in this world has a meaning. Not this mic, not this podcast, not you, not me, nobody. And many people were confused. And then I said, the only meaning that anything has is the meaning that you give it. This cup doesn't mean anything to any other person on, on this planet. The award that I won here doesn't mean anything to anyone on this planet. The only meaning that thing has is the meaning that I give it. So what is the meaning that you give yourself? What is the meaning that you give your own life? What is the meaning that you give to the value that you provide to other people? to your family, to whatever. And, and, and we are in control of that. This is all up here. We can decide. We have that freedom to decide what do we value, how. If we start to, to believe in ourselves, and we know, like you said, we are not any different. We all have one head, one body, one hands, one feet. We have that body. Even people who have a disability, they still have that one mind and that one heart. People can do it. We all can do the same thing. It, at the end, it's all, if you think you don't have the skill, go buy a book and learn the skills. Read. If you cannot read, watch YouTube video. If you don't can afford watching YouTube or whatever, you will find ways. Become resourceful and, and, and learn. It's never cheaper to learn than today. And, and all that knowledge brings you exactly to where you want to be. There's this perfect saying like, and, and I, I think your listeners know that and hear that many times. Nothing happens to you. Tony Robbins always say, everything happens for you. I would like to extend that phrase today and say, everything happens through you. It's through you. Where do you set your mind to? Mindset. What is what is your belief? What are your thoughts? What do you try to achieve? What is it that you truly want? And if you spend time in that zone, you write down stuff, you think about it, make your dreams become your reality. You can create that stuff. So your life is created through you by your thoughts. But if you watch news and, and see the, the world bad and, and, and negative and you focus your stuff Dr. Joe Dispenza always say where focus goes, energy grows. Again, I can't agree more. If we focus there, and I know this is sometimes hard. You are homeless. What can I think about the positive stuff? You can. It's a decision. That's why I, I completely agree on that. This is how I went on in my life. And the thing is, it's never ending. We grow and grow and grow and grow. So I build business after business after business. We scale up. Uh, to 20 million in revenue. I built a franchise system, had 13 branches, a bunch of people working for me. We did studies, we grow, we were successful in different industries and, and money came and everything grow and grow. But I had challenges. 
I, I remember I had a business deal with someone, and based on that business deal, I made future decisions. And I knew I had like three conversations with that person that was an investor. I knew exactly uh, we had 15 millions that were okay, handshake, we do that. And I know exactly if that person say yes, it's a 100%. He's not going to back out because he was a well-known person and it was official. And, and I knew, okay, I'm so released to close that deal. And then I remember wanted to go and uh, based on that agreement, I made some mistakes business-wise. I confirmed other stuff before the contract was signed. So I needed to go to Germany uh, the day after, after a long period of deals and conversations and stuff like that. So I went to wanted to go to Germany, and the gentleman was older, uh, and so I, I wanted to make sure he doesn't forget it. And I called the evening before and say, "Hey, uh, tomorrow three o'clock still good? Nobody picked up." Three hours later, I got an email from his wife, "Dear Mr. Bachmann, I'm sorry to tell you that my husband passed away yesterday." And here I was, eight-figure bankruptcy. Within three months, I lost all my real estate. I lost all my retirement money. And I had an eight-figure bankruptcy, business bankruptcy, and a personal bankruptcy. Within three months, everything was gone. I had two little kids, five and six years old, uh, were married and not happy in the marriage. So... It never stops again. What do you do next? It needs decision. Yeah. Be the victim yeah. or I can look for solutions. Yeah, 100%. And guys, you know, this has been a, an honor to have you on, Pascal, learning about your trailblazing journey. You were definitely a trailblazer and you're continuing to blaze a trail. If you guys want to found out, find out, like, what did he do next? What, what do you do after, you know, a, a double bankruptcy and, and losing it all? If you want to know Pascal, let him know how to reach you. There's going to be people that listen to this. They're like, man, you left us on an icebreaker. Like, how did you figure this out? You know, because how long ago was that? Let's tell, let's tell, let's share that little tidbit. How long ago did that happen? We won't tell them the, how you got out of it because I want them to reach out to you because I know that there's going to be some people that, that you can add a ton of value to. Yeah, that was around four, four to five years ago. Okay, four four to five years ago, guys. Four to five years ago, this happens. Um, he he's uh, he's definitely in a much better place than he was when that happened. But I want you guys to reach out to him directly, Pascal. How can they reach you? I want people to reach out and ask you, how did you do it? How did you muster up, you know, and get your mindset so dialed in that you could bounce back from this? So how how can they reach you, my friend? The easiest way is uh, my website, pascalbachman.com. I'm also on. Instagram, uh, Pascal Bachmann, underline official. And uh, I'm on LinkedIn more and more. We're going to get everything down in the show notes for right. you. So these are the platforms where I'm, where, I, where I'm on most. Perfect. Perfect. Well, listen, it's been great, you know, learning about your story and your journey. I know that this conversation is going to add value to so many people that may be in a struggling place that may be facing an adversity similar to one of the many ones that you've gone through. You and I both know there's many more ahead of us, right? There's going to be many more valleys that, that we, you know, come through and, and peaks and, and it's all part of the process. And the sooner that we can understand that, uh, the better. It doesn't mean it's going to be easy. It just means that we can at least know that and expect that things are going to happen. And, you know, at the end of the day, folks, it's not about what happens. It's about how we react and how we respond. So thank you, my friend, for coming on the Blaze Your Own Trail podcast. I will be talking to you soon. Thank you so much for having me. And I would love to talk to people who feel like, yeah, that would help me. Uh, I'm very open to have that conversation. Hook me up and, uh, we have a talk. Sounds good, my friend. Thanks.